Chapter 37 of Hagar's Daughter, A Story of Southern Caste Prejudice. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Hagar's Daughter, A Story of Southern Caste Prejudice by Pauline Hopkins. Chapter 37 all night the new-found daughter and husband watched beside hagar's couch they feared for her reason but joy never kills and at length she slept and jules stole away to take her needed rest when alone again in her room after the startling revelation that had come to her she sat a long time trying to realize the complete change in her future which this discovery would bring she did not deceive herself the cup of happiness was about to be snatched from her lips. Cuthbert, who was the one object of her passionate hero-worship, would turn from her with loathing. There were dark circles about her eyes, and her cheeks were ghastly. She loved her mother, she was proud of her father, but feelings engendered for twenty years were not to be overcome instantly. It was horrible, a living nightmare, that she, the petted darling of society, should be banned because of her origin. She shrank as from a blow, as she pictured herself the astonishment, disgust, and contempt of her former associates when they learned her story. The present was terrible, the future more awful still. Overcome by her thoughts, moans burst from her overcharged heart. She stretched out her arms in an abandonment of grief and dropped senseless in the middle of her room. And so Venus found her in the early morning hours. Heaven help her, for it must also be written for her as for her ill-fated mother. Better the heartstrings had never known the chord that sounded its doom venus knew the whole story mr ensign had called marthy aunt henny and venus into the room and told them very solemnly the facts in the case there was much weeping and rejoicing my soul cried venus to her mother when they were alone what about mr sumner if he goes back on miss jewel it'll kill her it will break her heart it's my opinion dat it's already broke honey a gal brung up like her has been is going to break her heart to find herself nothing but common nigger trash i just hope the devil gives st clair ensign a good hot plate down there to pay him for his devilment here on earth deed i does said aunt henny jewel sent for her father and they talked the matter over mr ensign could give her little hope he was forced to acknowledge that sumner was strongly prejudiced he promised to see him, however, and tell him the story, and hear his reply to Jewel, who sent also a pathetic note, bidding him farewell. Quote, I know your prejudice against amalgamation. I have believed with you. My sin, for it is a sin to hold one set of God's creatures so much inferior to the rest of creation, simply because of the color of the skin, has found me out. Like Miriam of old, I have scorned the Ethiopian, and the curse has fallen upon me, and I must dwell outside the tents of happiness for ever. I know you pity my poor mother. She has been so unhappy. I am proud of my father. He is a noble man. I will write again tomorrow, and perhaps see you, but, oh, pray, not today. Twenty-four hours passed and left Sumner as they found him, in mental torture. 
then his good angel triumphed he swore he would not give her up and then he learned the power of prayer he was ready to overlook and forgive all if only jewel were left him as his entreaties went up to a compassionate god the words rose ever before him Quote, many waters cannot quench love neither can the floods drown it all thy waves and thy billows have gone over me but the heart is not easily closed love is strong as death evening found him hastening toward the bowen mansion the house looked desolate he rang the bell at the great entrance doors marthy johnson answered the imperative summons lor mr sumner lor sir where are they all marthy he asked abruptly gone to the continent mrs sumner mass ella say you young folks will get better left by your lonesomes dat's what he told me to tell you sir sumner left her in deep despair he went home to his father for a brief time and then started for the continent himself at the end of a year mindful of poor john's devotion for he vowed not to marry venus till his master settled down sumner returned to america and again sought the bowen mansion again marthy answered his summons and told him that the family were at ensign hall he did not notice the pity on the woman's face he never paused until he reached the pretty little rustic town in maryland that held his heart his dove of peace and then a great fear fell upon him undefined and foreboding he sent john on with his luggage to the hall and wandered up the country road with beating heart and feverish pulses in a few minutes he would see her and she would be beside him loving forgiving the tears came into his eyes and he whispered a prayer he drew his hat over his face and wandered off across a daisied field until he had overcome his emotion a little graveyard nestled close beside the road he was on the broad ensign acres and in that enclosure dead and gone ensigns had slumbered for centuries it was cool and shady and restful and unconsciously he stepped into it suddenly with a great cry he stood still before a fair slender shaft of polished cream-white marble jewel aged twenty-one not my will but thine be done he fell down with his face upon her grave she had died abroad of roman fever cuthbert sumner questioned wherein he had sinned and why he was so severely punished then it was borne in upon him the sin is the nation's it must be washed out the plans of the father are not changed in the nineteenth century they are shown us in different forms the idolatry of the moloch of slavery must be purged from the land and his actual sinlessness was but a meat offering to appease the wrath of a righteous god across the lawn of ensign hall a child a boy ran screaming and laughing chasing a gorgeous butterfly it was the child of st clair ensign and elise bradford the last representative of the ensign family cuthbert watched him with knitted brows in him was embodied a different form a lesson of the degradation of slavery cursed by the practices which pollute the soul and deaden all our moral senses to the reception of the true doctrines of divinity the holy institution of marriage ignored the life of the slave bred indifference in the masters to the enormity of illicit connections with the result that the sacred family relation is weakened and finally ignored in many cases 
in the light of his recent experiences cuthbert sumner views life and eternity with different eyes and thoughts from what he did before he knew that he had wedded hagar's daughter truly had ellis ensign spoken when he judged him nobler than he knew a boy's will is the wind's will and the thoughts of youth are long long thoughts end of chapter thirty seven and of hagar's daughter a story of southern caste prejudice by pauline hopkins